Open your Bibles now to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. I was noticing as I was as we were singing that song, notice some of these people every year look like some of the people that we know. And I was looking at a couple of them. Some of y'all are up here on our board uh, ready for camp tomorrow. Open your Bibles in Proverbs chapter 22. Uh, think about this tonight. T- today we are missing wisdom in our world. We see it. Uh, we, we observe that. We are missing wisdom in our world. We are missing even what we would call the lowest level of wisdom. Sometimes we used to call that common sense. Uh, we're missing that. All sorts of examples exist. Let me just tell you some of the ones I've heard recently. Today, doctors that ask us to trust them on medical issues, some of them in high positions, are saying they're now more than two genders. And so they're saying, trust us with your life, really, and yet they, they're saying what they know better than, that they're now more than two genders. Or today, there's a popular thing going on. It's a common thing happening all around. People are saying that they're going to let their kids decide their gender. Whatever, sometime at a later time when they're comfortable making that decision. And the hospital is actually allowing a place on a birth certificate to, to declare, you know what, we're going to let somebody decide, some kid decide their gender at a later date. Today, a singular person, a single person, an individual can now choose to be called a plural pronoun. You, from now on, I want you to call me them or call me they. They can choose a plural pronoun. Today, listen to this one. Human people, now in fact, that's the only kind of people there are. Human people can now, listen to this, profess to be a cat. They can say, I identify as a cat. They profess to be a cat. And there are some places that will actually adapt around them. There are actually, uh, there's a school in the Northeast that will get you a litter box if you profess, identify to be a cat. Now listen, on and on it goes. Every day we see new things. On and on it goes. It is silly. It is absurd. Honestly, it is very sad. And we might start to wonder, how is this happening? This is absurd. This makes no sense. This wouldn't have happened 50 years ago, would it? Uh, 50 years, 75 years ago. How is this happening? How is this being allowed to happen? How is this happening in our day? Here's the deal. The single reason that all of this is happening is because people are rebelling against the fact that God's word is true. And if you want to know there's a single reason, you can say, well, there's a drift in this or a different ideology or something. The single reason is because people are rebelling against the truth that God's word is truth. It all boils down to that. Well, here we are tonight. We've gathered back up tonight. We know God's word is truth. We know in his truth, because he's the creator of all things, infinite in wisdom, in his truth, we're going to find his wisdom. And so listen, we've come back tonight to again diligently seek his wisdom. That's what we're doing here. We want to honor him. We want to praise him. We want to glorify him. But this hour, a big part of this hour is us coming saying, you know what? We need godly wisdom. God's word is truth and we come to seek his wisdom. That is our plan tonight. That is our goal tonight to hear God's truth and gain God's wisdom. And let me say this. Is that flashy? I wish that it were. I wish we could say, whoo, this is, this is awesome. Is it flashy? It's not flashy. Does it require an effort? Look around. It requires an effort. 
It requires an effort to be here. It requires an effort to think, to consider, to study. Yes, it requires an effort. Let me say this. Is it invaluable? Look at the culture we're living in. It's absolutely invaluable for us to possess God's wisdom. All right, so here we go. Back seeking God's truth, God's wisdom in his word. Proverbs chapter 22, we left off last time in verse 11. All right, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 11 says this. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious The king is his friend. Listen to that again. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious, the king is his friend. Now, remember in verse 10, we ended there last time. We found in verse 10 the contentious person. We found the person that is divisive, that is obstinate. Bible says to shut them off, get rid of them. But but people we find in in verse 10 that are hard to get along with. Well, Verse 11 is actually the opposite of that person. People that love purity of heart. Now, what does that mean? Purity of heart. It is a heart of honesty, a heart of integrity. Now, we would probably say the best definition is the goodness of heart. Good-hearted people. Goodness of heart. And so people that love the purity of heart, good-hearted people... It says this, whose speech is gracious. Whose speech is gracious. The Bible says the king is their friend. Now what that means is, that's a little bit different for us to understand. What that means is this person, good-hearted, gracious in speech, they see success. They are welcome in the highest places. The king wants to spend time with them. We would say people want to be around them. People even seek those people out. Good-hearted, and their speech is gracious. Well, I want, to, I want to go a little bit further on that point, on that verse. What does it mean then to be gracious in speech? Good-hearted person, but what does it mean to be gracious in speech? Gracious means grace-giving. Just in any context, that is a gracious person, grace-giving, or the extension of grace. That's what, that what gracious is, but this person is now gracious, but it's their speech that is the tool that extends that. The, their, their speech is how they give that grace. Their graciousness is expressed through their speech. Now, what that means is, They are gracious, good-hearted, gracious, and their grace is extended, is expressed through their speech. That means their words, listen to this, are kind, are encouraging, are truthful. You know what? It's not gracious to speak a mistruth. Their words are uplifting. Their words are calming, peace-giving. Their words are unifying. All all of the ways that a person might be gracious in any context, that is expressed, that is extended through their words. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious, the king is his friend. All right, verse 12. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, 
but he overthrows the words of a treacherous man. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of a treacherous man. Now, the word, the word there for knowledge is the same word in Hebrew for wisdom, wisdom, knowledge. Now, the word there for treacherous is, a, is an unfaithful man. And so understand, these are people that speak untruth, that distort the truth, that hide the truth, that change the truth. Here's this treacherous person, this unfaithful person, and they hide the truth, distort the truth, change the truth. Those people are all around us right now. In, in our culture, in our world, they're everywhere we go. They're in our pulpits right now. People that are distorting, changing, hiding the truth. Well, here's what the verse says. They're doing that, and they may do that, but you know what? God holds the truth. God keeps the truth. Now think about that. If you have the truth and all that's ever presented is a mistruth, you run the risk of losing the truth. If somebody says, well, this is the truth, that's not the truth, this is the truth, that's not the truth, you have the danger of losing the truth. Well, here's the good news. God keeps the truth. God holds the truth. The truth is set and secure in God. Now let's go a little bit further. But how do we find it? How do we stay grounded in it? How do we remain sure of it? Now listen, that's an, that's an added thing. To know the truth, but to be so confident we're not tossed all around. How do we remain sure of the truth? There's one way. God's holding the truth, preserving the truth, keeps the truth. There's one way, and that is to go back to God's truth. Let me say this. I, I think we've come across this every single week. It is time spent in God's Word. How do you know the truth? Time spent in God's Word. How are you confident in God's truth? Time spent in God's Word. When there's a decision to be made and you're not sure of the options and you're presented a bunch of non-truth, how do you know what to do? Go back to God's Word. Time spent in God's Word. All of the kooky things we see in here, listen to this, are symptoms of being a great distance from the Word of God. The Bible says that He created them male and female. He created them. If you're having an issue with that, that is a symptom that you are existing a great distance from the Word of God. All of these kooky things are the symptom that somebody or a whole bunch of folks are a great distance from the Word of God. Our answer is to stay in the Word of God. Verse 13. We haven't talked about this guy in a little bit. The sluggard <laughs> says there is a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. That's a weird verse. The sluggard says there is a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. Listen to this. Over and over and over again, we hear God's plan is for people to work. Over and over again, we see in God's word, which is what we've seen in the Proverbs, God blesses hard work. You want to succeed? God blesses hard work. God's aware. He blesses hard work. Well, the sluggard. We haven't, we haven't talked about this, guy, so let me give you an update on the sluggard. The sluggard is the biblical picture in the Word of God for a slimy, 
slow, sluggish slug. And that's what, that's what, man, that's tough. That's mean. Well, that's God's word. He says that. A slugger, that, that's the picture. It's an individual, slimy, slow, sluggish slug. A lazy person. Well, here's what this weird verse says. It says this slugger, this lazy person, says there's a line outside. I'll be killed in the streets. There's a line outside. I'll be killed in the streets. Now, that seems very weird. Let me explain that to you. The sluggard always finds an excuse. The person seeking to be lazy, the lazy person, always has a reason to stay a sluggard. I can't work, it's too hot. I can't work, it's too cold. I can't work, I lose my check. I can't work, it's too early. I can't, I can't work, it's too late. I'm too, I can't work, I'm too tired. I can't work, a lion might eat me. That's what that says. That's how absurd that is. I can't work, I go outside a lion might eat me. I can't afford that. What would my family do if I were eaten by a lion? I can't work, says the slugger. The lion may eat me. Here's the deal. You can always find a reason not to do what you need to do. You can always find a reason not to do what you need to do. God beat Nike to it. Here's what the verse means. Just do it. Just do it. The sluggard finds a reason not to do it. I was thinking about this this afternoon. Long time ago when I was in college, it was a hot day, and we, we finished football practice. We were ending the practice, and it was time to run sprints. Worst time of practice. The coaches are all mad, and everybody, we're going to take it out on you, and we're going to run a bunch of sprints. And it was hot, and I remember we're, everybody get on the line. We're going to run sprints, and we're lining up. And this friend of mine, he says, Coach, I feel sick. He's been there all practice, but he says, Coach, I feel sick. Well, why are you sick? And he said, I'm lactose intolerant, and I eat ice cream for lunch. And the coach said, well, why would you eat ice cream if you're lactose? He said, I don't know, coach. I, just, I had an ice cream sandwich, and now I feel sick, and I, I'm not sure if I should run. And the coach actually said, tell you what, go into the trainer and tell him what you did. The next day, half the team was lactose intolerant. <laughs> I, was, I was lactose intolerant. The sluggard always finds a reason not to do the thing that they ought to do. God's word says get to work. All right, verse 14. The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who is cursed of the Lord will fall into it. Now listen to that. The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who is cursed of the Lord will fall into the pit. Now, an adulteress is it's a person trying to lure another person into sin. In, in this case, it's a very specific sin, but it could be general to all sin. Uh, there are people that try to lure other folks into sin. They try to pull folks into sin. It's the adulteress here, but it could be any sin. Let me tell you this. There are some people that would love nothing more than for you to fall into sin. And, and they act like your friend, and they say this, and they say that. But they would love nothing more than be able to say, well, they messed up. They fell into sin. They did it. Did you hear the story? Well, this adulteress, this person is trying to lure you into sin. 
There are folks that try to lure us into sin. It says it is a deep pit. It is a hole, and if you fall into the hole, you're trapped in the hole. You can't get out of that hole. Everything has changed for you as you've fallen into that hole. It is life-changing. Well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to matter. No one's going to know these things. God's going to forgive us anyway. And you fall into the pit, and you're stuck, and you're trapped. You're in the snare, and you can't get out. Notice the last of the verse. He who is cursed of the Lord will fall into it. Now what that means is God uses the consequences of sin to punish us. God uses the consequences of sin as a judgment against us. And the New Testament says the same thing. Scripture tells us that. There are consequences for sin. Some of them are brutal. Some of them are tough. Sin always ends in death. And you know what? A person that God has said, you know what? I'm turning you over to your sin. When you fall into the consequence of your sin, it is a judgment of God. Verse 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Here's the truth of verse 15. Listen to this. Here's the truth of verse 15. Kids need parents. Kids need parents. Why? Because they're kids. Because they're kids. Now listen to me. Kids, they are learning all the time. It's amazing what they're learning. They are growing. It's amazing to see the things they can learn, the things they can do. Kids are growing. But here's the deal. They're kids. Kids are kids. Intellectually, emotionally, physically, they are not developed. They are maturing. They are growing. Kids are kids. And so kids, listen to me, they need parents to teach them. They need parents to train them, yes. Here's what the verse is saying. But you know what? Kids need parents to say no to them. Kids need parents to say no to them. You know what? You can't understand this right now. Your little mind is developing. You can't understand this. But the answer is no. I know the reason. I'm setting the guardrails. Kids need parents that will say no to them. Here, You can't understand. Well, I've got four reasons and this and that, and I'm going to be mad and I'm going to pout. You don't understand. You're not developed. I am. And so the answer is no. The verse says foolishness is natural in the heart of a kid. Remember, foolishness is not ignorance. Ignorance is not knowing. Foolishness is knowing, but choosing the opposite, doing the opposite thing. So foolishness, you know what, I've heard the right answers, but I don't care. I'm going to be in disregard of them. Foolishness is natural in the heart of a kid. Now, that's two things. That's dumb choices. Kids make dumb choices, so do some adults. But it's also, listen, sinful choices. Our kids can know the right thing, and they can be trained in the right thing. But you know what? They can make, our kids can make sinful choices. And so you know what? Discipline is necessary. They need people to hold them accountable. They need people to discipline them. They need people to say no to them. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline 
will remove it far from him. Verse 16. He who oppresses the poor to make more for himself or who gives to the rich, two things, will only come to poverty. He who oppresses the poor to make more for himself or who gives to the rich will only come to poverty. He who oppresses the poor, that makes sense to us. The one that would take advantage of the poor, the one that would make a profit from the poor, uh, it says they will not find success. In fact, they will come to poverty. The end of the verse is interesting. Let me read 16 again. The end of the verse says this, or who gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Or also, likewise, the one that oppresses the poor, they're going to end in poverty. Likewise, in the same way, he, the one who gives to the rich. Now, let me explain this to you. It's not talking about giving gifts to the rich. Uh, you got a rich aunt, you give her something nice for Christmas. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about paying bribes to the rich. Uh, you, you see that they can help you out and you pay a bribe to the, to the rich. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about dirty dealings with wealthy people. It's not talking about that. What it's talking about is this. There is a tie-in to verse 16 all the way back to verse 7. And verse 7 is talking about those that owe a rich person, those that are paying interest to the rich. Now, here's the deal. There is an idea, and it's really our culture today. It's our world today. There is an idea that you can borrow to have what you want now. I'm talking about using credit. You can put it on a credit card. You can get a store note. You can go down the bank and borrow it. Here's what I want now, and here's how I want it now, and this is what I want to enjoy now. And you can borrow to have what you want now. Or there's this idea that borrowing lets me enjoy the things of success right now. Now, if I have success, I would have these things, and so I will borrow right now to have the things of success, and I will work and pay it back later. That's the idea of our culture today. So you've got all the good stuff. You've got the house and the car and the trips, and you eat in the right restaurants, but you're borrowing to do it. Here's what the Bible says. But instead of success, poverty is coming. You see, there's interest with that. And so you've taken out these loans to enjoy the things that look like success, but, but the Bible says if that's what you've done, poverty is coming. I see people, now hopefully no one will get mad, but I see people, and they're usually strapped. Their, their, their paycheck's going to, to meet the needs they have right then. And it's, it's what our culture does. In fact, we put pictures of it up so everybody can help brag. And this person will go buy a new car. And they'll pay twice what they can afford for a new car. A lot of times when you use credit, you don't have to think about the price. And so I don't have to worry about what it costs. I'm just going to worry about the monthly payment. And so they pay twice what they can afford. They get the extended warranty. When you're, when you're doing that and you're just signing papers, they'll say, do you want floor mats? Yeah. Do you want that extended warranty? Yeah. Do you, would you like unlimited gas? Yeah. And they're just tacking stuff on this stuff like that. And you get it all financed. And they type it up, and it looks like this when they bring it to you. We, they, we've got your contract ready, Mr. So-and-so. 
And you, you finance, they say, well, what about the shoes you're wearing? You got You want to finance them? Throw them on there too. And here's what happens. You walk outside and some salesman takes your picture. And I'm going to tell you this. And they post the picture and the person always puts, God's favor, he, the Lord has blessed me with a brand new car. I'm like, that's not from the Lord. That's from GMAC financing. That is the opposite of what God says. That is the opposite. And you know what you're doing? The Bible says in verse 7, you're becoming a slave to the lender. You can't miss two months of work because you've got bills that are due. You can't take off. You can't change your spending habits because you've got bills that are due. And it looks like you've got something, but the opposite is true. If you get mad, get mad at God, not me. That's his verse. He who oppresses the poor to make more for himself or who gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Now, we're going to stop right there tonight. Uh, we're going to end with a time of prayer. I'm going to ask if Brenda will come and, and help during our time of prayer. Um, I, I, I think about this. this. This is a great opportunity we have this week. Our effort tonight, our effort on Sunday nights, is to take in the Word of God, to take in God's truth, and to have, possess God's wisdom. I want to promise you, if you're listening in some other way, if you're here in person, you're going to be blessed in taking in God's Word. You can't help it. You're going to be blessed in that. It is missing in our culture. Did you know that's Satan's plan? If he can take away God's Word, if he can take away God's truth, his ploy and his plan, we're going to end up in wreckage. And that's the truth. Well, the purpose of our Faith Builders Camp, go outside on the wall, it says, to lay a foundation of truth. And so tonight we've got this camp coming up. We've got 100 and something kids, low 100 kids signed up. We've got all sorts of workers going to be here. We're going to pray for the pieces of it. We're going to pray for the eight groups of it that participate in it, for the small group leaders, for Britta as she leads. We're going to pray for open ears. We're going to pray for the pieces to fit together. We're going to pray for kids to get saved. We're going to pray for, for kids to grow in the knowledge of the truth and to have a foundation that is set. So, Brent, if you'll lead us off in a word of prayer, I'll follow her prayer, and then we're going to sing following that. Could you pray with me? Dear God, we pray, Lord, right now for Faith Builders Camp, God, for each kid that is going to come. Lord, I know that you know each name of each kid that has already signed up and the kids who will show up tomorrow morning or on Tuesday or on Wednesday, um, who have not signed up. And I know that you know exactly what they are facing right now, exactly the circumstances that they live in, um, exactly where their hearts are in regard to you and a relationship with you, and you know exactly what they need to hear. And I know that your word is living and it is active and that it can pierce through the hardest of hearts and that it can speak to each person individually, even as the words are gone out to a group. And so, Lord, I thank you for that truth, and I hold to that promise. Um, Lord, I pray that you would move and that you would speak um, to each heart, young and old alike, who are going to hear the truth of a gracious God for we little people. And I pray that as we see Zacchaeus and we see a man who was a sinner and a man who needed a Savior, I pray that we would see ourselves and we would see a man created by God with a purpose. And I pray that we would see ourselves in that. And I pray that we would see ourselves in a man who would climb a tree, um, setting down his shame and setting down his pride 
and that he would humble himself to see who Jesus was. And I pray for each kid um, as they attend, Lord, that they would see um, how gracious God is, that he passes through but doesn't pass by, and that he would stop, and that he would call sinners to himself, and that he would be willing um, to be the guest of people who have done wrong. And I pray, thanking you that on his way to Jerusalem, to the cross, to make a way for salvation, that he stopped in Jericho and gave us a story to study today and a story to see our Savior in. And I pray that you would move and that you would speak. I pray uh, for the leaders, Lord, that you would help us to honor you and to speak like you and to worship like you and to have fun in a way that you've built us to and that we would glorify you as we do that. And I pray that the end result would be a hundred kids who know a gracious who died for their sin, and I pray that they would trust you and that they would worship you and walk with you all the days of their life and that Amen. that would bring you glory as well. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to lead us in word of prayer. I want to say this before I do. As an adult, Wednesday, we're all going to meet together. You might be tempted to say, you know what, I'm not going to come to that. That's for kids, and I've already done that deal. I want to encourage you, be here Wednesday night. God will bless you in that lesson. God will bless you to see what's happened with our kids that week during the camp. And I encourage you to be here, plan to be here, and bring somebody with you, and we'll have a great time Wednesday night. I'm going to ask if you'll stand as I lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Father, we come and we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. We worship you tonight. We lift up the name of Jesus tonight. Lord, you are kind, and you are gracious, and you are faithful, and you're trustworthy, and you're compassionate to us as sinners. And I pray, Lord, for a great movement of God uh, this week. I pray for kids to learn and to grow. I pray for truth to be anchored in, uh, truth that will hold. I pray for, for young kids to find Christ. And I pray for kids to grow in the knowledge of Christ. And I pray that what will happen here is that Christ will be greatly glorified. Lord, we come and you tell us uh, you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or think. And so we come and ask not for a normal week, but for a supernatural week. And we just turn it over to you and say, Lord Jesus, uh, meet with us. Make yourself known. We tell you we love you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.